Stand by. You're listening to the Naively Optimistic Podcast with your hosts, Danny and Gary. The ego is saying, what's happening here? It's an opportunity for spiritual growth. Do you still think the royal family were shape-shifting lizards? Yes, I do. For the last two fucking shite talking spas, run the muck, bit as fuck on down all your ties. Burning the ears off for that cheese, bring all Dublin down to its knees. This podcast fucking shite, tell me where else would you be? So sit back, like relax, have a drink, lose the cacks, and take in all the cack that comes out of these scaldy rats. Like Dublin, Blanche, it's, it's always Blanche, Blanche, Clondalk and Polish accent. Yeah, hybrid. yeah. I, I knew a few Polish people in my time that were like, shut up, jump in. Yeah. And they have developed like a little Dublin twang. My but dad actually, comes out with sometimes. Yeah, sometimes I've heard him. Like he said a few things that I'm like, oh, you, you must be joking, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you buzzing with me? Danielle, <laughs> this, this, this cunt is talking shit. Do you mean? <laughs> I love fucking Sandra though. He's an absolute gent. What was he like to grow up with? Um, <laughs> it's a different story. Really? Oh, you think he's such a little lamb these days? Um, he was sorry, right? But um, shall we kick in? I think we should. Uh, I think we should kick off with referencing what just went down on our Patreon last week. Simon Harris and the lads are haunting us down. Um, to this day, after yes. we've released onto our Patreon, if you want to, if you want to give our listeners a little taste of what we were discussing. Um, definitely. So last week, myself and Gaz sat down and said, "Right, enough is enough." We've been locked in a cage. Like, I always take the analogy. Remember when you, you ever watch Borat? They're yes, actually filming. Phenomenal they're film. filming the new one at the moment. Fuck off. They're not doing another one. Yeah. Are they? He was caught driving around uh, Santa Monica. Loud. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you ever get the scene where he talks about it, his brother Bilo, who keeps up in a cage, rattling mm. to get oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's us um, to talk about this. And we talked about the, the documentary Plandemic, which discusses the potential planning behind the coronavirus pandemic. Potential planning, definite planning, right? <gasps> which we uncovered, we revealed. Gary, are you considering yourself to be a COVID denier? 100% and I'm a mask denier as well <laughs> fuck that You're this should not be yes, covered ever exactly. I mean? this is a gift to mankind I mean my <laughs> face exclusively not everyone else's face they can cover themselves <laughs> up I don't be shy but my face needs to be seen and admired doesn't it Yeah. on public transport and elsewhere uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we recorded on the Patreon very very good crack and um, one of our longest episodes as well oh like during it we were literally like going, is this going to be a two part? Are we going to have to hit stop on this and potentially record the rest of it later? Because it was like running on for yonks, like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no fun nonetheless. I was actually getting loads of good feedback on that. Was anyone saying that to you or? Yeah, um, wild. Because to be fair, we let we let loose a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's behind the paywall. You don't. We're very uh, not PG here on uh, on our good friend Spotify. Actually, what do you think of Rogan's move to Spotify? It's deadly and it's it's obviously it's, it's old news, but it's only really kicked in since last week. Yeah, exactly. And I, I do enjoy the video actually on the app deal. That's what's next. Yeah. I was 100%. thinking we actually missed the video of ourselves. Like you talk about how beautiful your face is. I'm actually the only one who gets to see it right now. Yeah, I wonder like let us know actually if you missed the video. Yeah. The please lads. reach out because I think we, we enjoyed doing the video. It's kind of more of a we had to be more animated. Yeah, well, we didn't yeah. have to. But we just were, but we were also locked as well, though. Like for pretty much all of those clips, like you know what I mean? Because I think we did like fourteen episodes of video, and um, nearly in every single one of them were were quite merry, aren't we? Yeah, at least two or three jinks had every single time. See, we were like on the verge of becoming raging alcoholics, though, because we were recording them on like Sunday at like two o'clock in the day, or and we would clock, leave you know to I mean? like ten because we just stay inside drinking all day. And it was in the old studio as well, Studio A, so there was no windows, so we were just like like fucking burrowed in there, locked. I said, I, I, so I actually give you a like kind of a rundown of our mm. Sunday. I'd arrive over between twelve and two, which is quite early to mm-hmm. start gardening. We'd run over to Centre, get a few cans. Yeah. Ha- we crack open, do some do some research, finalize exactly what we're going to talk about, um, and then you know what we either procrastinate or get into it. Either way, after that, we'd get a takeaway. Oh, <laughs> we get a fat mackies or something yeah. on the line. Then we just crash on the couch, go ride, for a tactical ride, night. Ride, yeah, yeah. Um, and for a the couple rest. hours, and then 
Yeah, and then we wake up, we're like, Jesus. Yeah, and I failed comedy. Remember some fucking poor delivery saw will have to cycle through the gates of Bluebell. Yep. With uh, with our rations. We just mm. drag him off his bike, drag him into the lair and rip him asunder. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we had to move office. Yeah, exactly. Now we're on the run. And here we are in yeah. uh, Studio D, is it? Yeah, the amount of leading studios in the go at this stage. This probably would be D. E. Wait, would it be? E. E. Oh, because we have days. so we have Yeah, my gaff, your gaff. Yeah. The Black fourth Rock. studio, obviously, Black Rock. So this would be E, wouldn't it? Yeah. This is so funny, yeah. Studio E. And speaking of E, um, nice alliteration oh, there. Fantastic moving, segue. Yeah, exactly. Moving into today's topic, um, we love the true crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I think everyone else does, yeah. Yeah, because I don't think there's, I can say this wholeheartedly, and this isn't a blown smoke, I genuinely don't know if there's anyone else who talks about true crime like this mm-hmm. from our perspective. Um, no. With a bit of crack. Don't Definitely get me wrong. Not. not anyone in Ireland anyways. Mm-hmm. Um but today we're going to talk about Mr. Ed, um, not Eduardo. Edwin, not Edwin, oh. Eduardo. Will we give him Eduardo? Yeah, Eduardo. Or Edmund, maybe. What As was his full name? Was, known. was it Edmund? Is his actual full name Edmund? Yes, Edmund, or Edward. Edmund Kemper III. <laughs> no, you're messing. Genuinely. The third. The third. Fuck me. <laughs> Tour times a charm. Yeah, clearly. Fuck me. Um, who was an American. Yeah, American. American serial killer cannibalist mm-hmm. uh, and uh, rapist. Yeah. We love starting off in a nice uplifting tone, don't we? You might as well, though. Just, you know, paint the picture, create a bit of a summary for our young Eduardo. Um, and he was known as the co-ed killer. What does co-ed mean? That's obviously a college thing, isn't it? Yeah, co- College educated. Is that what yes. it means? Yeah. yeah. I think That was so. a genuine guess, by the way. No, I think yeah. so. Um, I assume so. Based on his demographic. Based yeah. on his... his, his yeah, because uh, pretty much exclusively uh, went after co-ed students that were looking for... A lift, a jant, sadly. That's <laughs> our last one, do you know what I mean? Yep. But uh, he got up to some nasty stuff. Do you know, actually, we, we should give our little friend a little shout out, young uh, Kevin Cunningham, because he's also uh, an Ed Kemper enthusiast. He loves him, do you know what I mean? Yeah, enthusiast and, is the perfect word to yeah, use in this <laughs> Exactly, because I'm already chatting. You'll see him in the stands, like, go on. Man. Yeah, well, do you know what, speaking, just to loop back to the Patreon, that's also a perk. Kev came to us from Nice. We brought him into the studio. We meet broke and greet. the wall. A meet and greet, you probably saw on our Instagram over the weekend. We brought him into the studio, cheeky meet and greet for the main man gave him this little mug took a few pictures showed him what happens behind the scenes blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> left looking like John Wayne yeah we left him looking like some of Ed's victims, victims didn't we yeah, really did <laughs> but uh, yeah just to dive into the main man just some uh, background on the, the individual himself so born December 18th 1948 close to Crimbo a Christmas baby what star sign is that? Uh, Sagittarius, I think. Are they not? Oh, Sagittarius are actually supposed to be coming, aren't they? I think so. I'll double check. Because that's a because that's a real thing, isn't it? Sagittarius, like obviously we know are for they? zodiac days. Um, yeah, November twenty to well December twenty first. Would that make him a no? Whatever's before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, up until December twenty first, he's a Sagittarius. Oh madness! Because like even I have actually day. a strong. Now, if we're talking star signs, mm. um, I'm a, I have a strong compatibility with Sagittarius. Interesting, because I sexually, I know, I know they don't get a lot of love though online. I mean, this is kind of weird because Ed would be considered a necrophile. Yeah, um, do you know? But they don't. They, track yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but they don't get a lot of love uh, online though. Or don't they not? Such so I've seen some memes like about having a baby, and it's like, are you having a fucking? Sagittarius Whatever. or an abortion or something like that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> something stupid like that, like just coming down yeah, with Sagittarius, yeah, yeah. like. But they get pinged out with left and right. Interesting, um, boy. Because well, if like you're you're always going to be overshadowed, they're always bitter because Christmas overshadows their birthday every year. Oh, okay, right. And I heard they're kind of feisty as well, like. Yeah, and imagine again. I always hate like imagine the guy a few mates who were born around Christmas. Mm. I'm like, imagine that it's scabby. You don't yeah. get two presents worth. Yeah, because your parents are always going to be tactical about what they get you. They're going to like, okay, it's close to Christmas. We maybe we just get them one big thing, but you know, at the end of the day, one big thing I think is actually less good. That's what like the, the June birthday is perfect. Yeah, you know, I'm, exactly. I'm February. I'm not too far after Christmas. It's nice you build momentum. Mm-hmm. One two. Um, yourself at the end of August exactly but, but um, yeah no our friend uh, Eduardo born December 18th as we just said touched on the Sagittarius baby in Burbank California and similar to our last friend Edward Goyne uh, horrific relationship with his ma yeah, abused emotionally and physically by his alcohol ma Clarnell who was divorced from his father so there's obviously going to be what a age bit. did they divorce at it was quite young wasn't it yeah quite he young he was like, like nine I think yeah and he was absolutely wet for the star as well like loved this yeah. dad but hey it is ma like just 
like they be like fighting like cats and dogs left right and center and um but yeah fucking pff, like terrible relationship with Horlick and um as well like I heard after the divorce as well as Ma was like a real cunt to him as well because he looked really like his dad as well yeah who's also Edmund yeah oh yeah of course Edmund yeah. the second Do you ever, I wonder how often that happens when like you know uh, couples break up and if like if the Ma hates the dad the same the name son, yeah the same name and the son reminds him of him like will that just automatically create a bit of a rift between them yeah do you know what I mean? no definitely particularly if they look alike as well yeah exactly like you couldn't fucking get away with it but i'll tell you what we'll get into this edmund mm. too must have been hung oh yeah because <laughs> this fella like will describe um fucking this chap this is actually one of the, probably the reasons why he's actually most well known apart from mm-hmm. all of the awful things he did just mm-hmm. his um his physical stature yeah, big Mongo strength fuck like that. I mean, like six and a half feet, two hundred eighty pounds, nine. six nine. Yeah, that's the big show shit. Like, yeah, like you could imagine him opening up WrestleMania, couldn't you? Like, hundred <laughs> percent Ed Kemper with some head like and that, hand. Yeah, head and hand. Except you know it's not a prop. Yeah, yeah. Like honestly, like because he genuinely, if he was born oh in the nineties, when he was he weighed thirteen pounds as a newborn. No, fuck what were you? Me. What, what what weight did you come out with? Well, I was a fucking light baby, I think. Like, yeah, yeah, I think I actually probably could have done with a hot meal into me. From the <laughs> I was tiny. Yeah, clearly well, kept still up, army. Yeah. I was just thinking, uh, what's I changed? Six pound eight. That's mad. I actually don't know. I think it was like three ounces or something like that. I just flew <laughs> out my mouth around. <laughs> like MMA gloves coming out. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's fucking mad, actually. I don't know how much I weigh, but I don't think I was a particularly large baby, to be honest. Um, still, still the same. Like, there's not a pick on me, but um. Where'd we leave off there? Yeah, so he actually had a bit of a Harry Potter life as well, young Ed. He was forced to live in the basement. Did you hear about this? He was banished to the basement. Yep. Did you hear why? Um, I did. Please, please let yeah, that listen. Uh, his mom was like, I had to, I had, I just had to throw him into the basement. I was afraid he was going to rally the two young ones around, his two sisters. His two sisters. She was like, he's going to molest the pair of them, so I'm just going to have to banish him to fuck um, down into the basement. So that's why he was, uh, he set up shop down there, but he was bullying and he said that that's exactly when he was like, nah, fuck Mott's. Like, I actually just hate Mots now because this is just unfair. And he started ripping the heads off his sister's Barbies and all. He was going absolutely rasher in the basement, he was. <laughs> I mean, have a few quotes as well. And actually, you know what? I don't know if you noticed, Ed, he's some man for the quotes. He's a, he's, and he loves a punchline as well. Uh-huh. But here's a little quote you said about the Barbies, yeah? <laughs> he loves a stab line as he well. He does, like. <laughs> but, um, yeah, fucking, here's a quote here about the Barbies. He goes, I remember there was actually a sexual trill. You hear that little pop and pull their heads off and hold their heads up by their hair, whipping their heads off, their body sitting there. That would get me off. Now, that's obviously, that's a bit of foreshadowing for where we're going. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, similar to, like, all of our good friends, Luca, Ed, like, everyone we've talked about mm-hmm. had a tendency as a kid to show a lot of these. Like, it's always kind of the way, weird relationship with the mother, mm-hmm. like, o- either overly infatuated or overly involved with the mother, whether it be love or hate. Mm-hmm. Um, the animal killings, he, he yeah. gets into, you know, he killed... Uh, the triad uh, thing. Remember we discussed this in, our, yes. in fucking the Dick Chase episode? John, the John McDonald's. McDonald's. Yeah, McDonald's triad so that's uh All you know signs. he displayed one of those signs which was harming animals but the other three uh well the other two were bedwetting and setting fires um i don't know i don't think eduardo had anything to do he with was that, setting emotional fires left right yeah center. exactly I actually but the found, cats, sorry come on i found one funny quote that um because we talk about um carnell being like awful um and just such a weapon to live with mm-hmm. now Ed- edmund's dad edmund the second obviously split from herself but he, she was, he was describing living with her and he said, suicide missions in wartime and the atomic bomb testings were nothing compared to living with her. No way. That's yeah. mad. Because what, was he in the army or something, was he? Yep. And uh, he was, he served during the Second World War. And then he also said that living with her affected him, quote unquote, more than 396 days and nights of fighting on the front. No way. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. He, I it? think he was over in, um, over in Japan. Fuck me, jeez! Mm. I didn't know that. Now, um, she must have been some weapon to live with then. Yeah. But um, like you touched on there a minute ago, harming animals and just you know, little loop back to to young Richie Chase. But um, Ed, similar, he was fucking, he was killing cats left and right. Like they had a few cats in the gaff, and um, I was actually reading into this, and apparently, like we going back to the McDonald's Royal thing, the reason why cats usually get targeted is because there's a feline energy mm. about them, or sorry, a feminine energy yes. about them. Do you know what I mean? And it's kind of like interesting. They have this yeah. like hatred towards their mothers. Yeah, it's mad isn't it because like although dogs probably see their fair share of killings as well they like, a masculine symbol yeah exactly cats like same with Richie Chase remember he was throwing the cat around the gaff yes. he was ripping the head off while she was making him samples in the kitchen all oh, do you remember Jesus Christ. and if you listen I would and heavily the same recommend same thing with Luca like yeah 
Oh, sorry, fuck Richie we, Chase. How, how could we forget? The, the original layer of the fucking cat killings, this yeah. This is mad. Um, I would highly recommend everyone going back and listen to both of those, but definitely the Rich uh, the Rich Chase one is a good one as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, so yeah, they had two cats, the family, right? And one of them he buried alive, uh, and he'd dig it up every now and then and just play with its body. How fucking mad is that? And then the ma found it in the gaff, right? And she was just like, oh, whatever. Like, this is gas. Because same with Richie. Because remember when Richie's like, ma was saying there, he was uh, he was throwing that cat around the gaff. And she came in like mid massacre and she didn't say anything about it. She was just like, oh, you're an or like mm-hmm. classic Richie, I'm mad. <laughs> and, but didn't really do anything about it. And then the second cat, he hacked a bit with a machete. Like, um, so mad shit. Like, as you know, I fucking love cats. So this brings me no joy to reveal this information to me. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. Like, this is mad. I, I couldn't. If there was ever an animal to kill, I think one of the most innocent one is, is a cat. Now people hate cats, mm. but we love cats. Yeah, they should be killed. I think it's because we're in touch with, with our feminine side. Exactly. Yeah, they're just we could nearly do an episode exclusively on our passion for cats, couldn't we? Yeah, we could talk hours. Like that would be a three parter, I'd say. One hundred percent. <laughs> but um, yeah, shortly after that, Ed ran away anyway to find his outfit because his dad, obviously, as we touched on, divorced from his ma um, a while before that. But at this stage, his dad was actually remarried and had other children and didn't want Ed around. And uh, I actually told him to leave town because he was giving his new wife migraines. Yeah. This, in some way, kind of like maybe you won't say is the cause for anything, but mm. definitely escalated. Didn't help, yeah. No, exactly. it really like, imagine didn't. being told, like, listen, son. You're actually giving my new ma migraines, so any chance like, you can just fuck, fuck off. off. Like, you know what I mean? I actually have new kids here as well. Plus, you're a big, huge lank of a thing. You're scaring yeah, us all. You're huge. Do you know what I mean? Um, I wonder how tall his, his, his dad imagine was. Imagine his dad was a midget. Like, imagine <laughs> one of them, like, genetic anomalies where, like, do you know, like, yeah, like, like, two dwarfs? Them. Do you know, like, if two dwarfs for all of them had a child, is there, like, a high possibility the child would be a dwarf, or is there a I possibility? I don't know, but I used to watch, be... what was it called, Little People Big World on E. Now, I was one of them weird kids that watched a lot mm. of E. Like, I watched the That sounds like Maury or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It sounds like, you know, those kind of shows. Yeah. Like, like, I used to love I presume that you went kid. on the Mitch from school a lot because nobody would, no, in their right mind, would watch that. It's daytime TV, which I was a sucker for as a kid. Not the um, only thing you were a sucker for, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they they were um, a family of seven dwarfs, I think. And I'm very sure they had three kids that were dwarfs and four kids that were normal size. Go away, I'd say the normal and kids no, ran amok, did they? gas. By the age of six or seven, the kids were bigger than their parents. That's what I was thinking. They'd run amok, like, because what are they going to do? That man does, like, tries to impose curfews or do anything. Yep. They just picked their own man it's as like, up and bashed ever, them off. Do you ever watch job. Elf? Yeah, exactly like that. that. Yeah, that's it. That's actually a great analogy, isn't mm-hmm. it? Um, love that film, by the way. Easily the best fucking Christmas film going. You think like, so? Yeah, actually, it's a bit early. Let's not talk yeah, about Christmas. Yeah, let's not. We don't want to be fucking vilified here. Sure, Brown Thomas get enough chip every time they fucking <laughs> they do anything Christmas related outside of the. Isn't there a window? Isn't it? It's like November. Eight or something no, like it's, that. No, it's the day after Halloween, November 1st. Oh, Saints Day. They can officially... Oh, Jesus. Be, yeah. That's approaching, by the way. Yeah, I know. This entire year, look, we could talk f- fucking shy about this, uh, but the, uh, 2020 is just pissed through. Like, Again, um, pandemic. Go through it. Yeah, listen to it. Enjoy 100%. It. Even if you just subscribe it. to the Patreon for that episode, you will not be disappointed. And I'm not just saying that. It was actually genuinely a class episode. But um, anyway, on that, um, he he fucking gets told to leave town by his dad saying that, look, you're giving me a new migraine, fuck off. And he goes to live with his granny and granddad on a farm. Like, this is the parents of his dad. So he probably pulls him and goes, listen, man, dad, don't give me a solid and take this tow rag off our hands. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So he goes to live um, with the granny and granddad. And actually, for a little quote from the Maori, right? um, El Clar- Clarnell, she actually rings the elf. Like, I don't know if you know about this. And she goes, hold on, you're sending Ed to live with your man, dad. And he's like, yeah, when he goes, she goes, oh, don't be surprised if he marks the pair of them. Oh, my yeah, God. Which where we're going is not mad isn't it so she was like like this look. like she was like don't get me wrong ed was a bit tapped but she was awful to ed like she wouldn't um like she just con- continued to call him a weirdo she called him a big like i don't know what it was like a big weirdo because he was six four by the age of yeah. 15 and one of the things was she said she couldn't show him affection because quote unquote it would turn him gay go away <laughs> madness <laughs> yeah um but yeah so you got on great with the granddad and the gaff right and didn't get on with the granny because it just reminded him too much of his ma. She was a real domineering presence, a real pest, like constantly putting him down left, right and centre. And uh, again, like this, you're seeing how this is all happening to Ed now. He's being constantly fucking berated by these fucking like dominatrix mots in his life that are just calling him X, Y and Z um, and just fucking fucking his head up basically. You don't mess with someone who's six foot four at the age of 15. 100%. Like like, you just don't. You're asking for trouble. Yeah. And, I actually think, where do you think, like, maybe the brain comes into this? Like, genuinely, he's probably a genetic anomaly. Like, mm. upstairs isn't working too well. Not packed too tightly, as we no. say. I mean, not playing with the full deck. 
water getting in somewhere <laughs> titanic level do you know what i mean <laughs> no i definitely because we started off a bit ropey this certainly wasn't helping do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but like look they buy him a fucking rifle for Christmas because, of course, America, do you know what I mean? And uh, so they're asking for trouble. Like, you know, I just, we could talk all day about this, but this whole gun shit in America does my tits in. You think um, so? Uh, just like, just, I think it's like a massive part of our problem, their social problems anyway, they're fucking saps. Like, sorry, American listeners. Um, actually, <laughs> I, I remember I was out a few years ago, me and, me and my mine actually were down in Clare, right? And we went to, uh, we went to this place, like, called Dirty Nellies it's like one of the oldest yeah, pubs yeah. in Ireland what that what does that even mean anymore because every pub in Ireland claims to the fucking oldest pub whatever the brazen head is that not it exactly yeah but Dirty Nellies in fairness is actually a great little spot and uh, me and me mate Gary were down there right and uh we fucking... You're talking to the third person now, or...? Yeah, I'm, I'm just exhibiting some Ed-like characteristics yeah. <laughs> here. I'm actually talking about myself. I was out by myself, and Gary said, you know, uh, <laughs> no, genuinely, right? And uh, there was this big American family ring, like proper yanks. Like, I mean, the dad looked like if Peter Griffin was like a real person, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But he had like silver hair and all. And uh, we were having a large crack with them, like really egging them on, because they were buying all the drinks and all. They were latched onto us because we're Irish and all. And uh, one of them, so Gary gets starts getting into like an argument with the big da, and he's a bit of an Ed character. He's a big fucking six Huge foot five, like Mongo thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Linebacker. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I was like, you know, my little deviant presence. I was just like trying to like cause a bit of fucking drama. So Gary's like having a full on like debate with him about gun laws in America yeah. and all, like wrecking our man's head. And he's like, "I'm sorry, son. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about, right?" And I was jumping in for your man. The elephant. I goes, "Yeah, Gary, you fucking self centered <laughs> prick." I goes, "You have no idea what these people face daily." <laughs> home invasions they're, they, they deserve the right to bear arms and all and he was loving me he goes this guy this guy knows us do you know what I mean right he was loving me right and then uh, I go don't mind him uh, I think his name was like Frank or something like that I go don't mind uh, Gary Frank he's just a little fairy anyway right he wouldn't he wouldn't know what to do with it going on all right and he goes what he goes listen son I don't have my gun I don't have my knife but if you're a fairy I'm gonna kick your ass <laughs> I actually have the video. I'll show you after this. <laughs> Gary was like going stone boy. He <laughs> 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 was actually fucking brilliant. That's fantastic. Oh, stop. Like, oh. But where were we again? Uh, Ed's, Ed getting the rifle. Now, yeah, we'll so talk about, we don't, look, we'll, we'll leave it there regarding, it is a bit, yeah, it is a bit twisted in it America, is. but um, but he gets the rifle. Ed anyway. a rifle is never, oh, no, never. not this absolute lank bag. Like, <laughs> So anyway, he gets the rifle. I reckon it looked like a little toy gun. Oh, hundred percent. I'd say it looked. He like had a pistol, mango like. hands because you, yeah. Gary's as as we well know at this stage has midget yeah. hands. Oh, one hundred percent. Like literally, like there's toddlers coming out of Kim being fired out gays to have larger hands than me currently. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I don't even think these qualify for hands. No, do you know what I mean they're like um, um, stumps. Yeah, one hundred percent. Technically like. a paraplegic. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so he gets to going anyway, but he's acting the bollocks with the thing. Like he's acting really irresponsibly. So the granny's 15 at this stage. Yeah, and the granny's like, listen, you're obviously not ready for the gun, I'm taking it. But he goes mad. He's like, for fuck's sake. And she starts taking the gun everywhere where but he's like, when I get that gun back, she's fucked. Do you know what I mean? But he eventually gets it back. And she's sitting down at the dinner table. She was actually working on a on a children's novel at the time, right? And he gets the gun and what's he do? He pops her lovely in the back of a mallet, right? And she's done, right? But you know what he did then? He grabbed the kitchen knife and starts stabbing the fuck over loads of times and in the later interviews he said I just wanted it to end quickly I love how a clean shot to the fucking dome Nothing. isn't enough like do you know what I mean he actually goes ah no I wanted to finish her off quickly Nature so I that, just decided to done. stab the fuck over as well while I was at but um fucking uh yeah so with that he he there's this kind of stuff that we'll we'll likely be chatting about as we go on where he displays these weird sympathy like um characteristics where like he kills someone but then will kind of like justify it in weird ways like for example his granddad is, is rolling up to the gaff shortly after he, he does the granny and he's like right bollocks I love me granddad and he loved me granny so I don't think he's going to be too impressed to see her smeared all over the kitchen so here. gonna kill him yeah That's just like, to spare him like yeah. the emotional turmoil I've seen his ma um, <laughs> is but, that like is is that not in some ways a psychopath trying to show empathy yeah, probably. That's yeah, their it is, under, isn't it? that's his warped understanding of empathy. Mm. I'm gonna try and save him the pain of having to live without his missus, so I'm gonna do him in. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Like and he comes into the gaff, they have a small little, little interaction and when he spins around, bang, does him as well. But what's mad then is like he just he rang his ma. Yeah. And then she was like, What do I do? And he just goes she just goes, Ring the police. So he just, he just sat down, mm-hmm. dialed the phone, comfortably, put on the kettle. Yeah. You know, now you have to mystic mug. 
<laughs> couple of berries away he went and yeah. then the police just came and, and, and took him into custody mad like and uh, yeah you get committed to at Tascarado State Hospital for the criminally insane and I wonder actually I wonder if his ma rang his dad after that after the grand told you so mate yeah like going, yeah. you are <laughs> you owe me that tenner mate I warned you I warned you now your man are fucking deceased where's me tenner but um, yeah, do you reckon she did? Because if Clar- Clarnell is the kind of fucking devil that she's being portrayed to be, I actually would put hefty dosh on it that she probably did ring him and go, look, told you. What do mm-hmm. you think? Yeah, definitely. Um, like it's it's just it's crazy to think that like he even said like he's so tapped that he said um to the police one of the reasons he killed his grandmother was because he just he said and I quote. I just wanted to see what, what it felt like to kill grandma. Yeah, like come on, like fucking hell. Fifteen. Like, Do you yeah. know any? Oh, I'm not you know he's riddled with quotes. If you just Google like Ed Kemper quotes, there's like websites like, and he loves a good punchline as well. As I said, like he's actually a bit witty, you know. Like even in the interviews, like there's an interview where he's like telling an interviewer about something, right? And he, the interviewer, like inter- like interrupts him and he goes, "Hey, dude, what are you doing? You're gonna miss the bit." And Johnny Americans called like a punchline a bit. Mm-hmm just mad like but um he gets diagnosed as a schizophrenia uh, schizophrenia and um but apparently back in the 60s like that was just like a blanketed diagnosis like you know yeah, what I mean? there wasn't yeah. much like leeway there do you know what i mean you were either just a schizo you weren't basically like do yeah. you know what i mean there wasn't enough like i suppose information this is where kind of like actually the show mine hunter comes in yeah this is he's thing, one of the it? yeah he's one of the, he's one of the people that appear and like this is in the early 70s when before that the fbi was like people are crazy there's no motives mm-hmm. there's no no like social or environmental psychological or psychiatric reasons why people do things mm. and um this is where they actually started then because they just used to throw people away and lock them up mm-hmm. in these psychiatric hospitals and that's why they were known as like these crazy mental institutions mm-hmm. whereas then they started actually interviewing them yeah because they thought like before the fbi didn't even interview people like mm-hmm. they didn't do any post um if someone was locked up they didn't want to hear from those throw away the key yeah even if they're in maximum security mm. prison Whereas then they came in, they start interviewing them to kind of see, well, look, if we can understand a little bit more about you, serial killers, mm-hmm. we know now they follow all these patterns. Maybe we might be able to nip this in the bud already with someone mm-hmm. else or at least find out their reasoning and then be able to kind of catch someone, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's absolutely mad. I must check that out because you've been actually talking about that since the fucking it's early very days. Good. Like, yeah. very good. And the, the, the guy that got to play Kemper looks stupidly like I've heard their whopper at that anyway in the show like um because even Charlie like I haven't seen that episode either but they, they get a, they, a legend of a fella it's so playing. good it's so so good yeah and as you know a soft spot for Charlie like didn't for me leaving their project so me and Charlie <laughs> uh, <laughs> remember even that like when we were doing that episode in episode 3 or whatever you were like okay I'm just gonna leave this with you guys because you have a look of obscene I love an obscene like amount of knowledge on Charles Manson like, <laughs> you know what I mean even his music and all I remember Stanley like we yeah, still what was his band called it was just you t- I think it's just still there I wouldn't be surprised if it's gone now you looked actually yeah. I, I found this and they're all like kind of acoustic yeah they're crackers like do you mean mm-hmm. look at your game girl that's one of the tunes <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if they're gone now because I found them on Spotify, and Spotify kind of more or less just launched. This was going back a bit, like mm-hmm. whereas now, like they, it probably isn't there. Do you know what I mean? I yeah, wouldn't be shocked yeah, yeah. if they were taken off, like because I don't think oh, I don't know. But um, anyway, so he gets uh, banged up into into the mental institute. But like, by the way, the chap had a like a IQ of like one forty five. Like it's not mental, like yeah. They just test him first. He came out one thirty six, which is still fuck, like it's high. Yeah. Then they retest him. He came out one forty five. Like this is like two and a half standard this puts them in like mm. the top like five percent ten percent maybe that's fucking bonkers like i'd actually love to get my iq taken but i think i'd be too ashamed of, by the results no mate you uh, hit triple digits yeah <laughs> and honestly that's greyhounds that have a better iq than me i'd say do you mean because <laughs> they can chase the rabbit exactly yeah i'd just purpose. be chasing my own tail like if I was a dog <laughs> but um <laughs> inside the mental institute he was, he was described as a model inmate and he was actually even given special privileges and little jobs to do as well one of which was to deliver the tests and the test results right and it is interesting because in doing that he actually got to see um through that the diagnostic were, yeah, criteria exactly so he actually yeah. began to be able to understand how they were diagnosing and treating and what criteria they're looking for in patients for discharge mm-hmm. which yeah. is mad so he actually should have in some ways been locked up there for life but he was so he he got inside their head this is like how beautifully manipulative and like i find this so fascinating yeah it's kind of he impressive, got in like, and basically figured out and reverse engineered how he was going to make his home way out at a young age and that's what happened isn't it mm-hmm. yeah exactly so through the information he basically acquired from looking at all the the paperwork he was able to basically inform his strategy i guess when talking to uh doctors going forward and, and like expedite his escape basically so like he kept giving the right answers and they're like <laughs> yeah man 
We're fella. legends. Yeah, he's we're cured. Oh, fucking hell, yeah. Well, he's cured. Like, we've made a mistake. He's not crazy, bollocks. You know what I mean? Let him go. Yeah, and at 21, he gets released back into the care of Clarnell, his mother. And Known I'm sure he was delighted about that. Head yeah, at this exactly. Oh, you're right, because he's fully developed. He's a silverback gorilla at this six stage. Six foot nine, 280 plus pounds. This well, is a big... It's a <laughs> big show. Go on, Ed. That's what it's like, isn't it? Yeah. And... Um, but he gets out anyway and gets his GED. That's essentially like the leaving cert, isn't it? Or like, or is it? No, because that's like the SATs. But it's SAT, like I don't know what the GED is. Um, it's my definitely something anyway, like uh, skill wise. Do you know what I mean? So he gets, mm-hmm. he gets his fucking. Uh, we we'll call it the bleeding leaving cert. Fucking why not? Any Americans can step in to uh, to correct us if they're not already bullying right now <laughs> due, <laughs> due to the anti-America chat prior to this. But um, and you know he actually wanted to be a guard as well, right? And yes. he was denied from the guard for being a big lank, basically, because he couldn't fit in the cars or anything like that. So instead, I had to take a job with the California Highway Department, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, look, I feel for you, Ed, because I'd love to be a guard as well. So it's a shame. Why can't you be a guard, I guess? Ah, it's just not in the cards at the moment. Maybe it is. Maybe someday. That would be uh, beautiful. That's my backup plan, actually. Yeah, imagine. Guys. Sure, it's, um, uh, half the name, Gar, Da. Do you mean? <laughs> I was born for this role. Do you mean? <laughs> But um, yeah, now this fella getting out of the mental institute is like not clued in socially at all. He hasn't blue's clues. Like, cause bear in mind he would have spent the last five years in a mental institute with other bleeding headers. So his social mm-hmm. acumen is fucking very poor. Like, you know what I mean? And in an effort to try fit in, he starts buying motorcycles and all, tr- thinking it's a real cool thing to do. But he's he just wrecking them all because he's again he's just a big lank of a thing. And he wrecks like two or three motorcycles. And then eventually he buys uh, his little two-door yellow 1969 Ford Galaxy, which obviously is the vehicle in which he performs most of his crimes uh, going forward. That's what he was essentially fucking rallying around the place when they were hitchhiking, do you know what I mean? And um, so, but back to life with Clarnell, which obviously was going fantastically at this stage. And I'd say he was bullying because after being away more or less for a few years, and I know he's in a mental institute, but I would say he probably found that time quite tranquil, like would you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, he definitely missed. I definitely missed his mother because you look at this as much as the emotion, like any strong emotion, even good or bad, you just kind of want to be surrounded by that person. Exactly, but she's still a big ball busting rat at this stage, and reckon it's nothing like calling them all sorts. And she's actually like onto our tour divorce at this stage, and she's working this as a madness. secretary. Yeah, she's working as a secretary in a like a Californian university. You know, this is obviously what gives uh, basically way, fucking. We bump. give great backstory, may I just add. We haven't gotten into. I realize we haven't gotten into any real. Well, no. <laughs> To be fair, he's killed two people at this stage. Yeah, but. exactly. He's more this granny around that, but like we haven't got even onto like the, the meat and bones of, of this. Literally. But, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But look, I think actually let us know what you think of these really in-depth backstories. Yes. Um because I always get like people going. I think like, the backs I think the backstory is um funnier. Yeah. Because exactly. We get a little bit of context as to who Ed is and like you know, we could just go in and say Ed did X, Y, and Z. Yeah, hundred percent. And then say that was her. But like the backstory always brings up some funny kind of Oh, without a doubt like we always have little kind of like off shooting crack like do you know what I mean mm-hmm. but even uh, I always get people saying to me like when we release shorter episodes they're like ah oh, fuck's sake like wish it was longer because a lot of people listen to us either in work or coming home from work like going to and from work so that's a half an hour commute to, commute to half an hour back so usually if it hits an hour I think people are delighted you know what I mean but um, usually the crack episodes we know we keep a bit shorter because like they're just a small burst you know what I mean mm-hmm. but um, anyway uh, his ma's working at the university and with that Ed starts giving and new female students and hitchhikers rides just around campus because he's obviously yeah. collecting her and she gives him a sticker. Do you hear about this? No, she gives him a sticker, sticker for his car so he can go in and out of college freely, do you know Because I mean? he's collecting her from work, do you know what ah, I mean? Okay. And he basically uses this sticker as like a basically like an all access pass, do you know what I mean? And people begin to trust him as well. Because like if this cunt has like a fucking sticker for the college, like, you know, let's definitely jump in with him. He's obviously a sound chap. Like, this you know is know where I mean? it all goes downhill, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. And um so that that sticker essentially validates his presence at the university, do you know what I mean? More or less like Mm-hmm. And um, but he he actually performed so many different like hitchhiking little ventures like he like there was rumors that he hitchhiked up to like up to a hundred people before he actually did anything. Yes, right? a yeah. lot of it was kind of just him fantasizing. Yeah, he'd exactly. talk about women getting into the car mm-hmm. and him just fantasizing. He was very he actually like we get a lot with psychopaths and serial killers. A lot of times, some of them there's two groups they normally fall into people who like 
don't like talking about their crimes and people who are almost infatuated with talking mm-hmm. about their crimes. Ed would talk for days. Yeah, he loved it. He talked like, about the detail. And it's kind of like, it's interesting to like see what goes in his mind. Mm-hmm. And he was like, even in Mindhunter, when you got to the show, he's so happy and open to talk about everything. Yeah, he just wants, it's like, mad. I think he wants like, like pizza once or something. But he's like, I'll talk for days. Yeah. Well, like the company. Yeah, but you know, like, like I haven't watched Mindhunter, but I, I do know that like and you just touched on it that they learned uh, so much about serial killers from chatting to Ed like he's one of the yeah. most like valuable assets yeah. they've had in the last 50 years uh-huh. basically to learn more about this Definitely. so I'd say he kind of feels like a bit of a celeb like do you know what I mean he's loving life he's thinking I'm actually bringing a bit of value to the FBI like I'm like their mate do you know what I mean genuinely he like he started talking about all these like little sexual like urges he got and he called mm. them his little zapples way they were Mad. like because he'd feel basically like they get in the car one of the times he described how he just like felt the urge to mm. caress one of their nipples yeah. and like all this weird stuff fuck um, me yeah but um do you know this whole experiment there like hitchhiking are taking over 100 hitchhikers they they reckon he used this time to basically fine-tune his social skills because he, he didn't know his arse from his elbow when it came to talking to mutts and all because he was just stuck mm. in a fucking mental home talking to other loop, loopers the last few years so his social skills went through the roof from just these little interactions with hitchhikers do you know what i mean and um because think about it, like he was in the hospital for pretty much all his formative years from like 16 to 21 and that's big where years. exactly that's where pretty much all your social skills are like but like fine-tuned, fine-tuned like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly um, and um, but this is kind of where it all went downhill then yeah um, he didn't exactly. just but you know as well actually just done this because this popped into my head as well like um you know he would he would deliberately do weird stuff to gauge their reactions we'd basically have a little barometer so we'd say weird things to mots or touch them in appropriate places just to see what the reaction would be so you'd be like okay the line is there do you mean i can't cross that line do you know what i mean oh, and over like 100 hitchhikes are there any examples of, of that stuff yeah like just um fucking touching people's like board's face or like touching them on the like yeah, the side yeah. of the arm or whatever and they'd be like oh i don't know you do you know I mean you'd be like okay fuck i can't do that do you know yeah. what i mean but just that's what they reckon you just used that time with the hitchhikers to fine tune uh, exactly what he was comfortable with and what you could like i don't know push the boundaries but um and then another little strategy he had as well was acting annoyed he actually managed to figure out that if he acted a bit like oh miffed like if someone goes hey can you drive me here if he acted like a bit like oh for fuck's sake you've really caught me at a bad time like i'm actually rushing to this place they'd actually let that guard down it's not mad so they'd be like they feel like they're nearly imposing on him and they'd be like oh really sorry but any chance you can just bring me anyway and he'd be like Right, come on, get in. Do you know what I mean? And, and they're, they're, they're being be nice in. to him. Yeah, it's and mad, that must have got him off severely, knowing oh, how like tapped he is. Big time, like it's mad stuff, isn't it? Um, because they'd be getting in, like dropping that guard, and then like, oh, it was just a fucking supreme planning by young fucking Ed, wasn't it? Like, mm. um, but yeah, and what he's like, I said there, I man, he'd start doing small stuff just to see how far he could go. Like, and like one thing was he'd start straying away from the route. So let's say they were like drive us to this college, he'd go like uh. arse ways to get there, right? Just to see if they'd be like, um, Ed, where are you going? Like, we're supposed to go. Like, just small stuff like that, mm. just to see if they'd react, and then he'd start bringing like a gun with him, and like and having like the gun just like holstered in his thing, just to see if they kind of go visible, oh, like, exactly just to see how much the hitchhikers will be getting a bit freaked by the whole thing you know what I mean but um, yeah look May 7th 1972 is when Ed basically decides when I'm actually like really I'm really interested in what made the one before this not be the first one yeah great sense. question yeah I'd love to know like I don't think there's much why was on why was May 7th 1972 it's been claimed that he'd picked up over 150 or 100 roughly three figures anyways of hitchhikers mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. did he have a number what number was that could you yeah. figure that out was like there he's significance such a to that number yeah he's such a planner because he's so meticulous yeah. and he's so intelligent there must be like some meaning to everything he does i wouldn't be shocked at all if there was definitely like a bit of an expiry date in his head he was thinking okay right i'll keep doing these hitchhiking these little like t- uh, these like beta tests jump in for the next year or maybe like there was a number mm-hmm. i'll do this little field test see how i get on and then whenever i get to that point then i'll do it but he decides to pull the trigger quite literally he's driving around uh, <laughs> he's driving around berkeley right and he picks up two fresno state university students named mary ann pesci and anita mary lou chesser right what names by I the know, way no like fuck's sake that's, not five, just that's already five names. girls he's killed with yeah the amount of fucking syllables in those names as well like you're serious lads um, and so they jump in the car and they believed he was taking them to Stanford, right? Mm. Um, another college. And after driving for an hour, right, he brought them to a secluded wooded area, which, by the way, he was familiar with all these mad remote spots from his time working in the highway department. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was well in with exactly where you could bring uh, people that no, like nobody would detect them. Do you know what I mean? So he actually intended to to rape them there. But from actually chatting to the serial rapist. Did we mention the their age? 
Um, yeah, they were just college age, so like eighteen. Yeah, eighteen and twenty one, wasn't it? And so from cha- so from young. being so yeah, he's a knacker, like, but from being mates with all the the serial rapists in the in the mental institute, he found out that like it's not good to basically like fucking leave any witnesses like with it when it with a rape thing like it's it's a bit of a messy one to rape too much as well like for fuck's sake like so he just abandoned that idea like and he he what he did was actually fucking disgusting right but he locked one of the moths in the boot right yep. and then handcuffed the other one right and uh, and then stabbed the fuck out whore and strangler while your one Lou Chessa was listening from the boot and then after he finished the force and off he dragged her out of the boot and then same again like but um, in his confession, this is mad, right? In his confession, he stated that when he was handcuffing Pesci, right? He touched he, Yeah, he accidentally rubbed off our tit and, and got mad and sorry. embarrassed. He said sorry. Yeah. He was like, sorry about that. Jesus, fuck's sake. Clumsy hands over here. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to touch Yeah, exactly. Jesus, I'm don't worry about it, mate. Don't worry. Exactly. And, and uh, so in, a, in, a, in an effort to not touch off our tit again, because he was so mortified, he actually was like, okay, I'm just going to stab the fuck out of our stomach and I'm not going to go near our tits because that was just too, that was just too, I'm Marley after that. Do you know what uh, I mean? And uh, again, going back to all this like mad sympathy shit, like um, it's like, weird, isn't it? Imagine saying that and then murdering her minutes later. Exactly. Like, yeah, imagine that like you're literally like, fucking oh sorry to touch your tit there but i'm just gonna get back to just murdering the fuck out of you sorry <laughs> did i mean like what the fuck like yeah. uh, <laughs> but anyway he put both bodies in the car and then drove back to his apartment at this stage he's actually moved out by the way he no longer lives with clarnell he just lives in a fucking apartment with a roommate and actually on the way home he gets stopped by a garda right because of a faulty yeah, tail yeah it's mad and real brazen with the guard at least like look fucking sorry about the tail in the then, weirdest way I'm not saying it's lightly, but like you almost have to give him some credit here. Yeah, like the confidence is so, insane. Yeah, because even if he like shows all these tendencies for being like a paranoid schizophrenic, he like handles it under pressure. Jesus oh, yeah. Christ. Like he could be a CEO in, a, in another life, couldn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, as well, he said in the like the interviews after this was all fin- finito, he was like, oh, I was ready to go. Look, like, if that guard had searched the trunk and found the moths, I was gonna, I was gonna do him next. Do you know yep. what I mean? So he was like, even though he was like controlling the situation, he was like, had his gun more or less ready to rock. So if the guard did come across the bodies in the bill, um, he was next, he would have been in there with them. Like, do you know what I mean? But, um, at that point, anyway, he goes back to, um, to the apartment. The roommate isn't in at the time and he, drink, he brings the bodies in and starts taking pictures of them with a little Polaroid camera and then has sex with them and then dismembers them in the bath with an axe right and this is like this kind of happens to go a bit going forward but this is uh this is the fourth one like obviously he's done the grinding ground that only 16 but this is like he's like 22 23 at this stage and um like very fucking gruesome like and now what happens now is just this is rinse and repeat like so like pardon the pun just happened in a bath uh he just he like <laughs> <laughs> he like fucking hacks their body up to bits and keeps their head right that was just like his little trophy like he was just mad for keeping and the mallets he engages in what's known um, because I, I I know the term I don't know why I know the term but it's called irumatio go which on which is different from fellatio fellatio being when a woman um, goes down on a man uh, mm-hmm. irumatio being when a man trusts a woman um, and this was sadly, like a skull fuck like this was sadly yes this was sadly happened with a severed head of mm-hmm. um but with both of them actually mm, this yeah. is like this is gr- dark i don't know how that's even sometimes we get these somber moments I'm like Jesus. yeah we're like how can we possibly have the cracker and we just Wrong we always find a way <laughs> no in fairness though that is actually it actually gets sick, worse but we'll keep on going we'll chug on through yeah exactly so he's absolutely like fucking getting whopper head off these heads right and uh <laughs> oh, on, no, no. no teeth anyways yeah uh, <laughs> oh, fuck's sake <laughs> but uh <laughs> <laughs> no gag reflex, I guess. I'll tell you this story. Mad sorry if you I don't know if you know this, but he actually had the head docked on like the fireplace, yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> and like one of the heads dropped off and hit the deck. And his neighbour below heard it and he used to like not get on with the neighbour. And so the neighbour started like lashing the roof over with the with the broom. And then he went down and he was like, Look, sorry about that. My head just dropped off the ground. And he was like fucking dead serious, but this is like this is classic Ed. Like he actually, we we will we'll get onto a bit of this in the in the 
in the next part, but he will actually look reveal, kind of similar to Ed Gein as well in that episode last week where he's like, oh, she's back at Mike after yeah. the serial killers nearly like to tell the truth just for the crack, mm-hmm. just to see if anyone believed him. Like, but uh, anyway, he bagged up the body parts and uh, disposed of them, but obviously kept the heads because that's like his little fucking trophy. Like, and he keeps it. Does a they have a time frame that he usually keeps the heads for like four months, right? Which is mad, like because uh, even with the future victims, which we'll get onto, he for some weird reason he just keeps the heads around for four months, and then he, he's like, okay, right, I've lashed this enough now, um, so I'm just gonna get rid of it. Jeez, they get quite dismembered after that amount of time as well, because he just left them on the mantelpiece and all. Yeah, and like and buried them as well, and some in some uh, cases, but like it's nuts as well because I'm like, as you say, the head of being a first jock after four months, so Particularly like at the range, exactly, yeah, because he's like lashing the thing every night, basically. So, like, just there's standard decay, and then there's just like you know, I imagine the head to be falling apart in your hand as well. If it's oh, decaying, guess, guess. I know, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud here, right? But uh, yeah, it's fucking meldy. Like, but four months, for whatever reason, that's his little time frame. He's like, okay, four months is enough time to just have me away with this, and then eventually, I'm just not, I'm not arsed anymore. So, um, and this is one of the big things that was was hitting the media because those body parts like washing up and being discovered left, right, and center. Like the the guard were in like a heads, like their heads were spinning. They were like, there's fucking mallets showing up here, there's arms showing up here. Like they were like, what the fuck is going on? Like, and uh, these are people obviously that would have been reported missing, you know, months and stuff like that before. But uh, like even your one Pesci's head was found in the mountains then in August, and then just bits and bobs were just found here and there. But um, yeah, fucking crazy, fucking show. But anyway, on to the next one, the September fourteenth. Uh, <laughs> this is there's a, fucking, a lot of this. This I, is the worst one, I think. Well, like they're all bad, obviously. But yeah, I don't we'll, know. We'll give this, this one is, a bit of time. We'll fight you the other ones. Yeah, um, exactly. Just like I did, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is what what makes this bad for you? I think for me, it's the age. Yeah, the age and the fact that. Like, yeah, the age and where she was going at the time. Do you know what I mean? It's so yeah. innocent. Like, but uh, do you want to take this one? Yeah, so this is um, on, as Gary said, September 4th, 1972. And again, like, this has been two and a half months since Ed did his first, you know, double kill, we'll call it. Yeah, um, exactly. Fatality. <laughs> he's on a kill streak. Yeah. And he decided to um pick up a 15 year old 15 year old dance student by the name of how can you, how do you pronounce aiko yeah aiko uh, ku i think she's a korean board obviously yeah and she wanted to actually go she was going to her dance class and she decided to hitchhike because she missed her bus mm-hmm. and the same thing again he one of the things he did was we find out later on he actually like stopped the mechanism of the door from working oh, I forgot about that. by reaching over and, and saying oh let me just make sure this is closed because yeah. his arms are so long like yeah, an orangutan exactly. yeah. arms. and he dropped this little chapstick down behind the locking mechanism oh bad ew. so he, he he drove her <clears> out into um he he Actually, what he put locked himself out of the car, didn't he? Yeah, so he like he drives to drives to another woodland area, typical Ed. Like again, he has all the fucking spots marked, like, and um, she she's in the car, right? And, and you know, he says up. Yeah, he doesn't actually say he's gonna kill her. He whips the gun out, and she's thinking, "Oh bollocks, I'm fried here. Like I'm fifteen, like Asian, like I'm dead." You know what I mean? <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> 15 I'm Asian actual, I'm dead yeah, and, but she's a little like tiny because think about it he's a like when it comes to her head though I'm Asian yeah exactly <laughs> I'm dead. we always die in the films yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fat cap but uh, oh no my fuck's sake <laughs> but uh, anyway with that um, yeah he, he actually goes look listen missus it's your lucky day I'm actually not going to kill you right I'm actually just going to shoot myself though but you have to watch right and she's like oh fuck even worse well not probably not even worse but she's like this is bad right and he gets out of the car <laughs> right he gets out of the car and the fu- and you know what for such an high like an intellect he, he actually locks himself out of the car and his gun and his keys are inside so she's inside the car and she's fucking shining herself obviously in this big like seven foot like huge gorilla cunt is outside going here let me back inside the car and she's like crying her eyes out and she's like she doesn't know what to do and you know what ed manages to talk her into letting letting him back in the car so she lets him back in and then he just chokes the fuck over and then rapes her and then kills her again this is the worst one by far like she's 15 like for fuck's sake and she's just off to her dance lessons it's like, awful scoundrel like same thing then he packed her body into the boot then he went to a bar for a few drinks yeah exactly we spend a bit of time talking about the bar itself because it is important go for it um it's actually it's a garda bar so it's it's uh where all the guard is basically congregating do, we, talk do shop. we actually talk about how much like ed was wet for we know i know we said that he actually wanted to be a guard but he actually was and this is a big thing with serial kills as well 
was infatuated mm-hmm. with the Garda. Yeah. Like he actually went and became mates with them all, mm-hmm. all the detectives. And he knew kind of, again, the same thing with like when he was in the hospital, he knew the, how they operate. Yeah. So he'd know how to get away. And they'd be talking about cases and all around mm-hmm. them and he'd be loving it because he'd be getting the inside track. They'd be chanting, oh, a little mallet floated up there the other day, found an arm, found a little a leg here and he'd be thinking, yeah, lovely. Do you know <laughs> I mean? I know the sus now, I know how far they are, I know what they know mm-hmm. and they just knew him as like this big friendly giant dead. Like, they they've, they've actually said since they were like, he had a great personality, he's great crack. Big like, Ed who gets whopper head. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake, do you know what it reminded me of though? It reminded me of him breaking bad, you know, like Gus. Yeah. It's like in with the DEA and everything. But he's actually, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it reminded oh, me of. That's like a perfect analogy. And, um, but yeah, so after leaving the bar, after having a fantastic night um, with the guards, he uh, he opened up the boot and he actually said in the in the interviews after years later that he looked at your once body in the boot and he actually admired it like a fisherman, like admiring catch, like his catch, isn't that mad? Like, it's mad. Yeah, and so he buzzes back to the apartment anyway. Where was this roommate, by the way? He seemed to be fucking out all the time. He was always away at the like best times. Yeah, but, exactly. Like, one, thing I, one question I always had was like, was there not a severe smell? And then let me add to that by saying, Phenomenal. if he kept the the heads on the mantelpiece, mm. how did the person not? Because like he, in some ways, Ed seems very, very meticulous in his cleanup operation. But then in other ways, it's like yeah. I'm just hoping your man's not at the gaff because yeah. they didn't have they didn't have you know WhatsApp. I couldn't just WhatsApp yeah. him and say I'd be back you in ten minutes. Yeah, bring them up back exactly. Like yeah, yeah, right. And do you know what? The smell thing is interesting because. Like I know he's burying heads outside and stuff like that, but still, like I highly doubt after killing a human being, the gaff is gonna fucking smell that that good after it. I'd say, I'd say if Ed was bouncing around the gaff of a brazen nonstop. I'd say, was he? You'd have to be to make sure that it wasn't detected. Like especially if he was keeping a few of the heads on the sly for you know for later use. Do you know what I mean? You'd have to be milling around the place spraying Lynx Africa. Do you know what I mean? Um, in order to conceal that, you know what I mean. But four Don't months later, get a Christmas gift sets from our street. Oh, hundred percent. Like if you don't, if you're if you're a bloke and you haven't been given copious levels of Lynx Africa in your lifetime, then like you're really from Ireland, to be honest. With you. Yeah. Like that's one of the oh, staples really of bloke. being an Irish male, isn't it? Like just having industrial quantities of uh, Lynx Africa. Mm-hmm. But four months later, he moves back in with his ma. Reasons being, I do not know, but he's back now anyway with, with Clarnell, which I presume he's secretly happy about, but kind of bullying also. Um, and so the next murder is up seventh on the seventh, right? Of um, it was October, was it January? Yeah, um, at Carilio College campus, yeah, yeah. When he picked up eighteen-year-old student Cynthia Ann Shaw. Now this is an interesting one because well, look, we'll get into it. But um, yeah, he picks her up and he drives her to her remote area again. Same crack again. Shoots her in the back of the fucking mallet. Done. And then drives back to his ma's gaff, right, where he was keeping the body hidden in a closet. Again, absolutely zero uh, regard here for concealing his, his bizarre activity. And then uh, next morning when his ma went to work, he had sexual intercourse with Cynthia's body, removed the bullet from her head, dismembered our body in the bathtub, rinse and repeat, as I said, pun Rich. intended, um, <laughs> and kept the head as per usual. He's absolutely mad for this stuff, but he had a particular fondness for Cynthia's mallet. He actually said it in the in the interviews. He was like, I was mad into this mallet. Mm-hmm. And I kept it around. For a good while, do you know what I mean? I think it even went over the four month mark. I think he might have had that for a good while, like five or six. Oh. I'd say the thing was mummified by the end of it. Do you mean? Yeah, he was quick to get rid of the rest of the remains, though. He just really liked that. Yeah, head. exactly. He just it just disposed of the remains ASAP, but just kept the head. But um, and he he said he, you know, what, in the interview as well, he said it was almost like he had a relationship with Cynthia's mallet, right? And he buried it out the back, obviously to hide it from his mom. When she'd go to sleep, he'd like dig it back up and all, and like talk to it and bring it into his room and like place it on his bed side, like it was his board, and he'd be talking to it about his day and everything, which is mad, isn't it? That's fucked. Like yeah. that's genuinely like some of this stuff just goes beyond like, just it just get it gets too psychotic, like. Oh, I just yeah. I can't there's it more is. victims to come yeah it's bizarre like but um, on this one this is like the we're kind of we're going to move into a time now where fucking um, you're going to see a bit more of a, a manic ed right based on this next event so a month later right which is a pretty short period of time normally um, leaves a little bit yeah he leaves a bit his... but he was eager to get home because he buzzes home and he has an almighty scrap at his ma and there's ructions in the gaff and then he just storms out and he goes, do you know, do you know what, I'm going to fucking spark the next few people I see. So um, on that evening he encounters 23-year-old Rose, uh, Roseland Heather Thorpe and 20-year-old Alice What's Helen Liu. What's these names? I know, the fucking syllables are fucking the lads up um, on the USC campus, right? 
So the girls enter the car and this is mad. Still on campus, mind you, right? They enter the car and he shoots them straight away. On campus, isn't that fucking mad? mad. So after this scrap is mad, he's fired up to fuck. Like absolutely no regard for being a bit more like fucking stealthy like he usually would be even so much to so he brings them back to his ma's gaff and he's actually outside the gaff right it's the evening time people are still awake in their gaff there's lights on and he beheaded them in, in the, the trunk within in the car the exactly car. <clears throat> and then brings the bodies into the gaff in more or less plain sight and same again just Drops rides them, them. yeah rides same them. crack again and then their remains are washing up here there everywhere fucking same story to put the guard i think and this is just getting a bit much now like there's just because bear in mind they're not, they're not even finding whole bodies they're just you know Bits arms and shit are and washing up and all and being found in canyons and everything like during all of this ed is still actually interacting with them in the pubs and in, mm -hmm. in, in the bars and just kind of like oh what's happening yeah and they're almost telling them like oh we found their body again mm -hmm. he's just like well, <laughs> yeah <laughs> lovely and uh but like he keeps the heads once again and um, they should start calling the cunt head camper and uh <laughs> it's actually a good That's show isn't it good. i don't know how no one thought of that yeah but um here's a little quote is um regarding the heads right so he goes you know the heads where everywhere is at where everywhere everything is at the brain eyes mouth that's the person i remember being told as a kid you could cut off the head and that nobody dies the body is nothing after the head is cut off well that's not quite true with a girl there's a lot left in the girl's body without a head mad isn't it absolutely crazy like but um we're gonna move into the end of uh, ed's fucking tyrannical rain here right 1973 april the garda are performing a routine firearm i was like oh it is actually yeah. yeah um inquiry and at the garda station received what's called like a dealer's record of sale and uh one of the records showed that ed bought a gun but he had a criminal record obviously uh -huh. from massacring so the grand back in the day retract that so, gun exactly so they go to the gaff and just like typical kind of like call out like they, they probably do this all the time and mm. nothing ever comes from it but ed with his mad paranoia thinks oh bollocks my days aren't numbered here do you know what i mean so he's thinking okay right if i truly am fucked i'm gonna have to get one last one in one big one to kind of cut to close the show out and you guessed it it's Young the man clarnell. clarnell is on the shopping name. block here yeah name. he's thinking this fucking ma has been wrecking my head for too long so if i'm gonna be getting put away i'm gonna absolutely do her first so um anyway she's in it she's in our fucking bed one this one asleep. actually makes me like this one sell, sends chills down this would be young catty isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's even sicker because where we go. Dude, no. So, uh, <laughs> like, I don't cross the line much. That crosses the line for me. Ah, uh, don't be like that, <laughs> you rat bag. You love it. Um, but anyway, he buzzes into the room while she's asleep and absolutely lamps her out with a hammer, right? And Ooh. then, like, decapitates the mallet, the shock, and uh, places it above the fireplace and starts milling darts at it and screaming at it like fuck for literally hours on end. Like, he is like venting at this mallet, right? And then he spends the whole night getting head off of basically getting whopper head this off this three. Right? <laughs> this is this is vile. It's fucked, isn't it? Like and it just becomes so much worse when it's his own mother. Yeah, I know it's fucked. Like it really is. Like so, he's getting head off it. Like he's just running amok with this thing, right? And then fucking mm. <laughs> the face on you. That you can see my face yeah. right now. <laughs> You're in fucking bad form listening to oh, this. Oh, this is not nice. So he rips our vocal cords out and uh, puts it in a garbage disposal, right? But he, he turns the garbage disposal on, but they're not breaking up in the garbage disposal. Instead, they're like spitting back out yeah. at him. And he was like, this is typical, isn't it? Like, even in death, she's still fucking spewing oh, bollocks on me here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Talking shy here. And he's going absolutely rasher, like at the vocal cords being spit out. Anyway, so he just fucking takes our decapitated body, no head on, and rides that and hides it in a closet and then buzzes out for a few drinks to celebrate classic ed what mm -hmm. and he was thinking okay right if they're me ma's best mate yeah is exactly she's 100 gonna catch me lovely so i'm yes. gonna have to take her here yes. this kind of uh, mirrors the granddad thing do you want to take this because you, you avoided the last one you left me lovely to explain that last one. Oh, you could take it mate you could take it Ugh. fair enough um but no so, he, he, i'll take this one. you could take that one but yeah yeah so uh, then what he does he gets home after a few drinks and he's like bollocks like Sally's uh, Carnell's best mate, he's like, she is going to find out whether it be a day, two days. And again, as we talked about, once the guard turned up that time to take the firearm, he's like, my days are numbered. They're on to me. It's only a matter of Might time. Might well end big. Might as well end big. Like. Exactly. So then he actually invited her over for um, for to watch a movie and have some dinner. As soon as she arrived, it took no time at all. Strangle her. Mm -hmm. Strangled her. Um, Do you hear what she said though when she arrived? The no, call? go for it. She goes, um, 
when she arrived at the gaff, she goes, ah, hey, hey, Ed, how's things? Listen, I'm bollocks. I'm actually shattered. I need to sit down. I'm dead. Little did she know. Little did she know. Saying those final words, how dead she would really be. But wow. go on, strangled at the bits and then rode her body as well. Do you know what he said about it as well? He said, and it's weird that he they actually said this. They went away on a vacation together was one of his career stories. Oh, really? Well, yes. he was saying as well about her, which is interesting because I don't think he really went into this kind of detail when he was talking with the other bodies, but he was saying that and when he was whacking her body, he was orgasming like mad, like he really Sorry. enjoyed it. So I don't know if he had a bit of a thing for his ma's mate or what, but apparently he was lapping this up like he said it to the FBI after he goes, no, I had a great time with her now, which I mean. Oh my God. Um, so I don't know what the story is. There was some kind of attraction there anyway um, when she was alive. But anyway, he, as you said, he was thinking me days on number two. He left a note. And he bounced, but on the note, he like for the for the police, he said, "Sorry for the mess, gents. Didn't have time to clean." Actually, said gents. Yeah, this is actually I have the exact note here. It says, uh, "Approx five fifteen a.m. Saturday. No need for her to suffer anymore at the hands of this horrible, unquote, murderous butcher. It was quick, asleep, the way I wanted it. Not sloppy and incomplete, gents. Just a lack of time. I got things to do." Madness. Fuck me, that's insane. And then he just then he just drove for three days straight, and he just loaded himself up in caffeine pills. Mm-hmm. Just kept on driving, kept on driving. He had like, like he was like a shoot, an active shooter at this stage. He had yeah. like three or four weapons, a lot of ammo in his car, many rounds, and then because he thought he was generally like, he was paranoid as fuck. He mm-hmm. just thought they were all out to get him at this stage, which they actually kind of weren't at all. No, yeah, like he could have easily gotten away. Well, probably not, because I uh, who knows. But yeah, as, as that's you say, one of the things to say about Kemper. Kemper could have gotten away if he didn't mm. have himself in yeah it's true like it's weird isn't it and as, as we discussed at the start he actually enjoys talking about uh the murder do you know what i mean it's like it's a like it's an achievement for him do you know what i mean but uh anyway when they when he rings the guard and they come to get him um they asked him like you know what was the fucking story like you ratted yourself out like and he was like the original purpose was gone it wasn't serving any physical or real emotional purpose it was just a pure waste of time emotionally i couldn't handle it much longer towards the end there i started feeling the folly of the whole damn thing and at that point near exhaustion near collapse i just said the hell with it and called it off so essentially the chap just got bored which is mad like after doing like when you think about after doing his man because he peaked really really peaked when he done his man because that was probably she was probably on the hit list for youngs like and if he was mad into her mate as well doing her in and obviously whacking her out he was probably thinking look where can i go from here realistically yeah. you know i mean it's fucked and then uh so yeah november 8th 1963 declared uh he was declared as saying but guilty obviously on all counts um of all these murders so mm-hmm. sentenced to a fucking lofty time in prison and uh, he actually asked for the death penalty chair with this yeah saying he, yeah come on you tried to oh, i don't know what he said, but he tried to off himself twice whilst in custody. Like mad, I, I didn't know that. But when yeah. he was uh, when he he actually asked for the death penalty and said, "Look, I actually want to be tortured to death." So there's that whole thing of like I don't know, we there's remorse there. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is fucked. Like, and um, fun fact, you ended up in the same prison block as Charles Manson. <gasps> mad, mates, isn't it? Mates, crazy, crazy stuff. He's still alive, by the way. He's still in uh, yeah, prison for this day, like, uh-huh. and uh, he's described as a great prisoner. He's like like the FBI obviously love them they're popping in every every fucking few minutes I'd say to get little interviews off and just get delve into the psyche of a of a serial killing mad cunt basically and um, even in prison he had a few jobs up to recently he had a stroke in 2015 but he used to narrate books for blind people and stuff like that and uh, he obviously had to knock that on the head when he had the stroke and now he's just he's largely disabled have you seen him this is him in 2011 I'm just going to show you a picture give me your reaction there Jesus Christ it's terrifying. Like they feed them well in prison, don't they? Yeah, like, he's he so is huge. fat. Like, yeah, um, he looks j- like Hitler. I wonder what the story is because, like, right, he's putting away serious meals to be that big. So I, I would assume that in prison they run a tight chip. It's like you get your three meals a day, and they're probably the same portion. Like, you can uh, you can get money sent to you and stuff, and then buy things as well, can't you? I wouldn't. Maybe be not a maximum security where he is, though. Actually, I don't know where he is to be honest. Hmm. I actually don't know where he is, but he's he's big even like, and that's one of the things why he's in my like not only because you know what he did was crazy, he's just he's big for giving interviews and actually helping. Yeah, it's mad. Move forward. He's almost like project like caseload zero for um, yeah knowing what to do with with serial killers. And to be fair, I always wonder with these people. I know he's very he loves talking about his crimes, mm. but were there other people he killed and just we never find out about? Oh, uh, honestly, I I normally agree with you, but I think in Ed's case, no. You think he would just let it all out? I think he's happy to just sing like a canary about the whole thing and just say, yeah, no, this is what I was thinking, this is why I did it. Um, so that's why I don't think uh, there is any more victims, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
which is wild. But uh, the FBI don't know their luck when you think about it. He's next like, eligible for parole in 2024. But he's been, it's been waived like six times. Yeah. But think about like over the last like 40 years, they've had like the perfect subject to just chat to and delve into their psyche and learn more about what makes people tick and serial killers. It's just, it's wild, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, and the fact that he's still alive as well, it's f- fucking mad. Like I say there's that de- I wouldn't be surprised if he's married because as I always touch on, for whatever reason, serial killers are, you know, notorious cunts like that. They never go without box. Like they always have a mat on the go. They either have a wife or multiple wives. I don't know if it's the internet, but just yeah. there is just crazy. I think it's how far there. Um, but like it's almost like a joke. Like one of Cambridge's big quotes is like, "When I see a pretty <clears> girl walking down the street, I think two things. One part of me wants to take her out, talk to her, be real nice and sweet, mm-hmm. and treat her right. The other part wonders what her head would look like on a stick." Jesus Christ Almighty! Like that's mad, isn't it? fucking madness but uh look we leave it there lads and definitely let us know what you thought of that yes. episode but before we go as per protocol we'll give go the instagram shout outs to the listeners who have been very kind take to take it away mr o'neill so leading the charge is our patreon kevin cunningham who we've seen we met finally the other day absolute gent kev it was fantastic King. to meet you here in the office um and solidify this friendship going forward and um and he's also about and singing like a canary about the lads and nice so do you know what i mean mm-hmm. forever love kev you're a don and um, James Condon of course Jimbo go on, Ooh, Jimbo. on Jimbo you fucking Don Chris Cook as well um, Maeve McElroy go on. Magic Maeve loves the lads yes. um, and Ryan Collins mm-hmm. our own Jordan Bass despite being a uh, part of Nobody Missing Incorporated he's still out promoting us like fuck so fair play to you Jordan uh, Aoife Parker Warren Shelley go uh, Stay Born go on, go on Stephen um, Lauren Hallinan um, Stephen O'Neill Jess Power and Kieran Fox Boom. that's all we have for today so I hope you enjoyed that one and again if you can do consider cons- uh, joining to our Patreon really helps us out doesn't it Danny yeah it's it's like for us it's kind of like we love recording those ones because A we're off the rails a little bit even more um, and B you get a mug and the mug is, is worth everything you can possibly an invite to the office as well as Kev learned well actually if you if you want it it's there yeah 100% yeah you we'll, want it? we'll let you know where our studio E is uh, yes. a private location yeah uh-huh. our secret lair where all this shit goes down uh-huh. but uh, that was a great one Danny totally enjoyed it and fantastic that, that was um, that was that was that was probably the most uh, gruesome and vile one yeah had. It probably it actually ran rings around Richie Chase and I thought that cunt was bad you mean yeah but Ed is just so like if you watch Mindhunter mm. The character does a great depiction. The person who plays him does a great depiction of him. He's cold. Really, yeah. Well, he, but, uh, just watch it. Yeah, no, 100%. Do, and actually, anyone who has watched it, let us know what you thought of our, our edition. Obviously, this is like the real crime. It's, mm-hmm. it's a bit dramatized in the show. Or if you haven't gone and watched Mindhunter, um, we'll basically get to every murder from Mindhunter. We've got to a few. Go and watch Mindhunter, even yourself, guys. It mm-hmm. is fantastic. 100%. On that note, we leave it. Danny, yes. anymore. See you on the next writings.